Welcome to Career Chat, where we discuss career stories to help find a path for you. I'm your host, Andrea LeBaron, and it's my goal to help you find meaningful work. As Rachel Huber was growing up, her dad's career took her family to schools in three different countries, including South Africa, where she became a prefect. Her love of learning never left her, even though she spent many years as a stay-at-home mom, raising eight children with her husband. When their last one left for kindergarten, Rachel decided it was time to go back to school, where she eventually earned her doctorate in online education. Join me as we talk about Rachel's love of learning and her transition from stay-at-home mom to a full-time career with BYU-Idaho. Her career story is truly inspirational. Join me. Welcome, Rachel. This is such a treat to have you on my podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks for inviting me, Andrea. This is super fun. Well, this is different than any other interview I've done because you are my sister-in-law. So this is my first family interview. And I have known and loved you for, I think, going on 23 years now. And one of the things I've really loved about you is how supportive um, you have been in listening to all my ideas over the years about my passion for careers and talking about careers. You've just really been very supportive, and I really appreciate that. Well, I love that you're doing this, Andrea. I think it's so needed, and, and you're just the perfect person. Oh, thank you. Well, I think you are going to be such a great guest because I am truly inspired by your career story and your life. And even at the very beginning phases of this podcast, I knew that I wanted to have you on as a guest. And we've, um, it's taken a little bit of time to work that out, but I'm so glad that we've been able to do that. So to get us started, could you introduce yourself? Um, Tell us a little bit about your family and where you live and also what your job title is. Sure. Okay. So I live in Southeast Idaho and, um, I have, um, let's see, I have nine children. We, uh, I gave birth to eight and then we, we have one that we, uh, adopted as an adult and we have currently 11 grandchildren all but two of our children are married and um, sadly they have moved hither and yon and um, we have just um, three kids that are living pretty close and then um, well two of them are still living at home so that's very close and um, (laughs) grateful that they're still that they're still here Our, our youngest is in high school so I work um, at BYU-Idaho, and my um, job title is, um, I work in online learning. Um, I work, I, I don't quite know my job title. I, I work with instructional support in online learning. So we're going to talk a lot about that and come back to what you do right now. Um But what I think is so interesting about your story and why I wanted to have you on, among other things, is that you um, got your EDD later in life after you had your eight children. 
Mm-hmm. And to me, that is so inspiring. And I wanted to focus on how you made that decision and what it was like and how you managed it. I think there's so much uh, to talk about there. But before we go there, um, I wanted to ask a little bit about your growing up, because as I've gotten to, as I've joined the family and learned all about the the early years that I wasn't a part of, um, I know that you moved around quite a bit with um, your dad's work. And um, part of that was living in South Africa. And I wanted to know, um, I wanted to see if you could explain how that came about, the moving around, and what kind of an effect do you feel like it had on your early education? So my dad worked for, um, for our church in church education. So right there, education is is in the job title, um, the job description. And, um, and so I was immersed in education from a very young age. Um, but he, they moved us around a lot. Every, every two or three years we would be moving and, um, landing in a new location. And, and it brought us to South Africa two different times. Um, and how old were you the first time? I was six. So from six to nine ish, roughly, and then 11 to 14, roughly. So, um, that's a lot of years Mm -hmm. spent in South Africa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a wonderful experience. It's a beautiful country. And, um, I, I, there's just good people everywhere you go. And I made a lot of good friends. In fact, um, my elementary school, this is, this is kind of a first and it's kind of random, but um, my elementary school organized a zoom class reunion this last summer and, and we got to connect. So oh, it, it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. My, my class, there were, I don't know, 30 ish of us there from all over the world now living all over the world. And so it was, yeah, just, just good people. It was a great experience. Um, the educational system. Uh, so I lived in three different countries growing up, uh, South Africa, Canada, and the United States and the educational systems are very, very different. Um, and I think, I, I think those differences really, um, helped me gain some flexibility. I, um, in terms of, um, um, my, my learning and I became very adaptive and I do think resilient. I think there was a lot of resilience that came from the constant moves. Oh, I love that. Um, so I want to talk about, um, that time when you were in South Africa from 11 to 14, um, you became a prefect and you're the only one I know personally who has been a prefect. And I only know about that thanks to Harry Potter. Oh, that is so funny. That is so funny. Andrea, I can't believe you're asking me that. That is so funny. Okay, so I want to know, like, I want you to tell us your firsthand experience. Like, how do you become a prefect? What does a prefect do? Uh, and what, what, you've, what are your memories of being a prefect? Um. Uh, okay, just that's a random question. You're going to get some random <laughs> answers here. I'm going to uh, I'm going to lead up to something else with that. Okay. Okay. So 
I don't remember much except that assemb in assemblies we would um, all sit at the front with the teachers just in a row and um, all of us lined up and we had of course uh, school uniforms and um, our blazers had braiding on the um, they were trimmed with a braiding and that designated all the prefects and um, and then every Friday we would have uh, during lunch we all got together with I think a couple of teachers um, and they served us cake. <laughs> That's, wow. about That's about it. <laughs> so as far as you become a prefect, I, I don't know. I'm guessing the teachers just picked some and I'm guessing they had some criteria, but I never knew it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would imagine that you had to be pretty smart to be a prefect. Maybe a, good, I, maybe a good, a hard worker. I don't know a about hard smart. Worker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I think why I'm asking that is I'm wondering if that this love of learning played into your decision later in life to go back to school. Oh, I did love to learn. From the time I was little, I, I wanted a book over a doll. I, um, I would just sit in the corner and read a book. We had, okay, you talk about Harry Potter and prefix. This is going to make you laugh. So in one house, we actually had a little closet under the stairs. And <laughs> I made it my little bin. And I took a, I took a pillow so and great. and all my books. And I would just hide out in there. And, um, and it was just my little piece of heaven. Oh, that is just too perfect. I love it. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so um, eventually you guys came back to the United States. No, you went to Canada, then you came to the United States. And somewhere along that path, you attended BYU and got a degree in family science um, got your bachelor's degree and then you met your husband, Steve and married and settled in Southern Idaho and proceeded to have eight children. I know I'm speeding up through your life. Very no, you're good. Fast. You're good. It's a good summary. <laughs> and then, um, my question is, did all that time, did you have it in the back of your mind? Oh, I really want to get back to school or, were you so busy with raising a family that that wasn't, that was the furthest thing from your mind? Okay. I love this question and I gratefully can say it was not on my mind. So I, I distinctly remember a time when um, I was working on my bachelor's and I said, in fact, I, I'm sure I said it several times. I want to become a, I want to get a doctorate. I want to become a doctor. I want to do this. But then I, I dropped it and I was 100% focused on my current life and my raising my kids and just embraced that experience with everything I had. I, um, and so the transition came actually when I realized I was going to be out of a job and for the first time in 23-ish years, I wouldn't have any preschoolers at home. And, and so when my my youngest was going to kindergarten. And that's when I said, uh Oh, <laughs> I got to figure <laughs> out what I'm going to do now that, I, um, yeah, 
what's what's the next phase of life going to look like? And that's when I just knew I needed to go back to school. Did you, so you mentioned you were going to be out of a job. Did you work and be a mom at the same time as you were raising your family? Um, I always did a little bit of something. So, but it was always a, a home-based business, mm-hmm. uh, photography business, uh, um, a direct sales and, and a little bit of teaching. And um, so I always did a little bit of something just to try to balance the budget. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it was always very much at home. And my goal was that my kids would think I wasn't doing anything except taking care of them. <laughs> and did it go that way most of the time? Nope. <laughs> it's hard, right? It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. Okay. But so I that did embrace, was... I did embrace just being a stay-at-home mom with all of my heart. Right. So you ha- your youngest is going to preschool or kindergarten and you're looking and going, what, what else? And that's when you decided to go for initially for your master's degree, right? Yeah. And it, it actually felt like a really long road, even though I had my bachelor's um, mm-hmm. and I, I wanted to study nutrition. I thought I wanted to work in that field and it, it felt like a long road because I needed prerequisites and um, I just, I played with programs like, you know, looking at, at what prerequisites were required and how long would it take? And, and I got it down to um, just a year of prerequisites because I didn't have a lot of science in my family science degree, um, ironically enough. Um, And so, yeah, I did a a year at BYU-Idaho with, in family science, in, in, in getting my sciences, some biology and some chemistry. And then I hopped into my master's. Okay. So then you're a year into your master's and what happens? You decide to do something else, right? Um, yeah, so that I, w- I was a year in and um, so where we live, in order to get an advanced degree, um, it would have been an hour and a half drive each way. And I just couldn't do that because I, I still had a house full of young kids. Um, yeah. And and so and my master's was completely online and um I read in the paper that um, the University of Idaho was bringing a program to BYU-Idaho, a doctorate program. And I, so I looked into it to see if my husband wanted to do it because um, it was something that we had talked about on and off through the years. And when I told him all about it, he said, no way. Um, basically, his real words were, I'd rather shoot myself in the foot. You do it. <laughs> So that was the first time so you I did. Yeah, that was the first time I thought about doing it and and I did. I, I it was a little bit of a battle um both with myself deciding that I wanted to do it and then once I decided that it was the right thing for me, I it was another little bit of a battle to get into the program where I hadn't finished my masters yet. Um because that would mean I would be working on two degrees at the same time, but I did it. Wow. So you were a year into your master's when you decided to apply for the the doctorate program that the special arrangement with um, BYU Idaho and the University of Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were 
I, I don't know if it was an arrangement. They were just using one of the classrooms. So it wasn't oh. anything through BYU-Idaho. They were just bringing it to campus. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. To, to okay, just so the help. whole thing was through the University of Idaho. That's where, where your it doctorate was. would come from. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So did it take a lot of convincing to allow, to get them to allow you in? Um, so I, I think the director of the program fought pretty hard for me. Um, but I was, I only had to convince him and then he did the rest of the convincing. So I'm not quite sure how much convincing, but. But it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. They told me I, I better, um, not quit (laughs) because (laughs) they were, um, making an exception for me and um and I didn't and they also made it very clear I had to have my master's diploma within the time frame that I promised and I did and so how was that doubling up doing the master's and starting the doctoral program at the same time so I'd used I'd been used to being busy right because I'd had this Mm -hmm. house full of kids and now um I was just at home all day by myself because all my kids were in school and and I wasn't working. And so that was my job. That was my full-time all day job was school. Doing that. Finish it up. Did Mm -hmm. it feel really brutal at the time or did, did you feel like, wow, I really love learning again. I loved it. And, um, and yeah, it wasn't hard because I'd been used to hard I mean, raising a big house full of kids and managing a family is hard. And so, uh, yeah, it was, it was manageable. It was very manageable. Okay. Did you ever suffer from what they call imposter syndrome where you were like, what am I doing? I, I can't believe I took this on. (laughs) (laughs) Did you say, did I, or do I? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay, both. <laughs> Don't you think we all suffer from that? I do. I really do. Yeah. But I think that we think we're the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's so real. It's so real. You just... Yeah, it's like I'm doing my best, but I don't know how I got here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and did you ever feel that mother guilt? Like, uh I'm at the computer again, even, even though you're working during the day, but probably some of that spilled over into after school time and Mm -hmm. evening. Mm -hmm. Um, like, and do you still feel that? I feel it more now probably. Um, because working full time, that's hard. I know, I know a Mm -hmm. lot of women do that with, you know, for their, the whole time they have kids at home and, and it's hard. My heart just goes out to them. Yeah. I think you feel like your heart's always in two places, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So when you look back on that time of being in school, getting your doctorate, do you think of the sacrifices that you made to get the degree? Or um, does it feel more like if you made any sacrifices, they were definitely worth it. Um, yes. I, I honestly, I just feel like I saw miracles all along the way and the door opened 
for me and showed me where to go. So I don't feel like it was a sacrifice. I feel like, wow, I can't believe that that happened in my life and I was so blessed. Do you feel like it was part of like your personal mission in life? Like hundred percent. What you were doing was like in alignment with what you feel like you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if I were to give women, um, any advice, which I know that this isn't about advice, but if I were to say anything from, no, it is words, definitely, I definitely okay. want to hear your advice. Um, embrace the, the stage you're at and don't, don't rush it. Don't push it. Just, just find joy in whatever stage you're at. And God will seriously guide your steps. I love that. And that's what your experience has taught you. Mm-hmm. So this might be a little bit too practical of a question, but were you nervous about pain for this degree? Like, did you mm-hmm. just go, I want this degree, but I don't know how I'm going to get it. Um, so yes and no, because we, I did incur debt along the way. Like you can't get two degrees in five years and not have to pay for it. And we, right. we were barely scraping two nickels together. Um, and so, but I, I looked at, at the options and I could either invest in getting the degrees that would uh, give me a professional job, or I could go and work um, for minimum wage somewhere or just over minimum wage. And, and so I knew that, that it was, I mean, it was a financial sacrifice, but it was more an investment than a sacrifice. Um, and I, I knew that I wouldn't be happy in the other kind of a job. And a lot of people could, they could be happy in, in any kind of a job and, and find fulfillment. But like we mentioned a few minutes ago, this was part of my mission and, um, I just knew that that's what I had to do. That was the right thing. And it would work out financially. And do you feel like now that you're in your job, is your salary one that, um, is it more of a supplemental income or does it feel more like you could support a family on this if you needed to? Yeah. Um, So the investment paid off for you. Oh, absolutely what do you do? Like, what's your day to day like? Okay. That's one thing I love about my job is it's always different. I, Hmm. um, it's a a service job. So I try to make other people's jobs, lives easier. Um, Mm -hmm. the mission, I love the mission of what our whole organization is about, which is taking education to the world. Really. Um, it's, is so rewarding and um, I get to solve problems and I get to try to figure out processes and systems and, um, and ways to, ways to fill gaps. But what do you enjoy most about your work? Is it the, is it the problem solving or the support that you're giving? The thing I enjoy most is working with amazing people towards a common goal towards Mm. a common for a common mission 
it, it is exciting every day. And it, when you work with people who care about people, it, be, it creates a very safe environment in which to grow and thrive. Mm. I, I don't I think all that. workplaces are like that. Um, and, and that's another thing that I, I wish people would just realize the little, um, the little things that we say and the little things and how we treat people um, impact everybody's experience and impacts the whole culture. And to have a positive, um, healthy employee culture that that every makes it so that everybody wants to come to work and everybody is engaged is so rewarding. I love that. And I think you're right that not every workplace is like that. So that's, um, you know, something that's really great for that. You've, you've been able to manage that there. Rachel, I wanted to know if there are any challenges that you face um, professionally that you've had to learn how to overcome and work through on the job? Um, so I, I have had to learn a lot of, a lot of things that I probably should have known. Um, but, but because of where, you know, I, I had spent decades, um, out of the workforce basically, um, and really away from technology. Um, I had some very patient people that worked with me and just treated no question like a dumb question and, um, and just sent me to the resources that I needed to get up to speed and really, um, like I said earlier, they made it a safe place to work. And, um, I just, I'm so grateful to, to the people that helped me through. So yeah, a, a lot of challenges because, because you do feel like, what am I doing here? I have no idea what I'm doing here. Um, <laughs> and, and yet people helped, helped me through. And, and when, when you work in a safe place, you're able to use your strengths because everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses, right? And there is no perfect employee. There is no perfect person. Um, but if you work in a safe place, then your strengths will shine. And so um, I really just hope that everybody will see the impact they have on making their workplace safe and, um, and make a difference wherever they stand, you know, basically lift where you stand. That's one thing that we can all do is, is by um, just loving our, our coworkers, even, um, even though they might not know something that they really should know for the job and they, they might seem sometimes incompetent. Um, just, just love, love them for the skills that they do have and the strengths that they bring. Yeah, I really agree with that. I think that's so important. I felt a little bit of that too, as I went back to work, just feeling like I was so behind technologically. And I know my kids would say I'm still really behind, but, <laughs> but I have managed to catch up a little tiny bit <laughs> and, and continue to try to do that. Is there anything looking back on your, um, your life and your career that you feel like maybe you would have done differently knowing what you know now, whether it was when you were in school or getting started in your career? 
Oh, that's such a good question. Um, so two parts to my answer. First of all, um, you can only focus on one thing at a time, right? If your focus is in one place, then it's not going to be in another. And so we need to not feel like we need to stay up to speed on whatever, or like we need to be doing multiple things and keeping multiple balls in the air. We need to focus on where we're at. And so in that regard, um, no. And in the other regard, um, the thing, so I, I applied for a couple of jobs before I got the job that I did get. And every mm. rejection letter that I got, I took so personally and I was so devastated and thought, I'm just never going to get a job. And I have all these student loans and um, I, I just, it just threw me flat. And I wish that I hadn't taken it so hard. I wish that I had been more patient with myself and with God's timing and um, just trust that I would be put where um, I was needed. Oh, that's such great advice. It's so hard not to take those rejections personally, even if it's just a professional rejection, it feels so mm -hmm. personal, but I just, I love that advice because you just never know why they, they said no. That's what I find is you, you, they, it may actually ha not have a lot to do with you. It might have more to do with the company culture mm -hmm. or the situation they're in at the time, but you take it as if it's a complete rejection of you, yep. <laughs> which, yeah, it, that, that's really great advice. Um, so quickly, because you work in online education, I'm wondering um, if you have any insight into what you feel would be educational changes that are going to stick around after COVID. Oh my, oh my. Yeah. This has kind of thrown the world into a, um, embrace it. No, <laughs> embrace it regardless of how you really feel about it in terms of online learning right? because it's here and, and, um, yeah, it's here to stay. And, um, where, whereas a lot of organizations, really fought against it now they're they're realizing the ways that it allows people to connect and um increase productivity and um there's just so much in terms of online that that it's going to stick around because in some ways life is better because of it um we're able to reach people we wouldn't otherwise we're able to um and it's not just in education, but it's in, it's in the workforce. It's in the way we do business. It's in the way we live our lives. Um, and coupled with that, I think we need to intentionally make real human connections and real physical connections um, as in face to face that be because it doesn't cover everything, right? Online, online learning oh, really good point. and online um work and online everything it's just not the same in in some regards but but it there's so many good things about it that that will now be embraced and aren't going to leave that's such a good point that um it online online learning and online communication is not 
necessarily a substitute for in person, but it's such a great supplemental tool Mm -hmm. in our lives, I Mm -hmm. think. Um, So another question, what advice do you have for people that are interested, um, especially women who are interested in going back to school later in life? Oh, it's so worth it. You know, I, I remember thinking that, um, I was, it it was going to be really hard and getting into the textbooks and getting into the classroom and, and it, it literally took all the courage I had to, um, what my doctorate was partly online and partly face to face and to show up at that very first introductory meeting, um, as a, you know, knowing who I was, I was a stay-at-home mom. I was, I was not a professional, and I was with all of these other working professionals, and I felt so inadequate and so out of place, and so, uh, what was that thing like, the imposter syndrome? Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and then there's also it. It was mostly men in the room, and so you know, there I feel a little bit um, out of place as well. And, and, and yet it's the best decision that, that I could have made. And, and when we have that 30 seconds of insane courage, we just never know what opportunities we're opening up. And so, yes, 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 just do it. Just do it. Education is, is so important and it opens doors. You can't open in any other way. And life is fuller. Life is richer. Um, connections that you wouldn't be able to make and making a difference in the world. Really. It's all about that and being able to bless the lives of others and, and education makes that possible in profound ways. It can be the foundation for such meaningful work. Oh, yes. Yes. That's great. Do you, one thing I wanted to ask before, I guess this is kind of a, a um, question, wrap-up question for our interview, but I know that you work with a lot of students, both in teaching those students and then working with student employees. And I wanted to know if you ha- you could identify some of the smartest things that students could do now to get prepared for their careers. Mm, absolutely. Um. There is nothing more valuable than a solid, rock solid, reliable, dedicated employee who's willing to solve problems and willing to work through things. And um, we just actually hired um, an employee who um, has just graduated, a new graduate, and um, they just were exemplary every day. And, um, her supervisor, what he said to her, um, frequently, he said, every day when you come to work, treat it as a job interview. And that is the best advice. And that's truly what she did every day. She put on her best and, um, now she has a, a really great job and she's doing such great work. We're so grateful to have her. Um, I just... I just can't emphasize enough to these students 
um, how important that is. People are watching you. You think they're not, they are. People are watching you and they want somebody yes. committed, somebody that, that when, when they don't know who's watching or when they think they're alone, that they're not on, they're not watching videos, they're engaged in their work and, um, and really trying to make a difference, trying to make connections, trying to anticipate need. That is such an important uh, thing in any organization is anticipating need so that you can be of service. Mm, I love that. Do you feel like that's really good advice for anyone? Good, good career advice. Oh, absolutely, for absolutely. Yeah, no matter where you are in an organization, people are watching you, and and there's there's just no place that they're not that that you don't have opportunities and and doors won't open. I mean, there's no place doors won't open if you are an exemplary worker and if you're giving your best. They they just really will, and you will be amazed at at what happens. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I think you have just had some really wonderful experiences and really great insight into um, a career coming back from being a stay-at-home mom with all of its wonderful attributes and blessings, and yet still um, doing something else and and taking that on later in life. Thanks for joining me today on Career Chat. Any links we talked about will be in the episode notes. You can find me on Instagram at Career Chat Pod. And if you like this episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcast. See you next time.